The ratings are in for AEW Dynamite and NXT, and it's not pretty for NXT as AEW Dynamite crushes them. We talk about it next on the Squared Circle Psycho Battle. My name is Michael Valenti. This is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, with everything promoted on AEW Dynamite, the fallout to NXT War Games, the ratings are in. AEW Dynamite goes up in a big way. Number two in the 18 to 49 demographic, hitting nearly 1 million viewers for the entire night. I think it's safe to say that they did a good job promoting their show, and I think the ones that needed to hit with Sting, Kenny Omega, and Shaq drew some numbers. Yeah, I honestly can't say I'm all that surprised by the numbers today. I, I think that the big thing that was going on or the couple big things that were leading into Dynamite last night was the obvious return of Sting. We knew that he was going to talk or make an announcement or he, at the very least um, there was going to be some, a segment with Sting and that was going to be a big deal for a lot of people, especially when you look at just some of the trends when it comes to social media, when it comes to YouTube. Uh, a lot of people tuned in to see Sting last week. And I think a lot of people tuned into AEW this week just to kind of see the follow-up to that. The other big thing going into this was the obvious storyline with Kenny Omega following his appearance on Impact Wrestling. I think those two things really solidified the fact that no matter what NXT did with their current roster right now, there really was uh, no way, in my opinion, for them to combat or compete against Dynamite last night, in my opinion. Uh, the key I is, the key is, did AEW deliver? Is that going to carry over to next week and the week after and the week after? That's what we're going to talk about. Well, yes, I, I agree. That's definitely a question to ask, but let's let's go over the numbers really quick here. As I said, AEW Dynamite was number two in the 18 to 49 demographic for the entire night. They got a 0.45, which is up from their 0.42 last week, and they got 995,000 total viewers for their two hours. NXT, they went up slightly from a 0.16 to a 0.17, and they only got 1,000 more viewers from last week, going from 658,000 to 659,000. This is coming from the fallout of NXT War Games. Now, let's talk about these segments one by one. I think we'll start with the Sting interview, the first time he's talking since 2001 on TNT, and... The question is, did it deliver? I think it did. I think we got some kind of answers. Not every answer that we wanted, but it seems like there's something there with Darby Allen and there's something there with Cody Rhodes. What exactly? I don't know. And that makes me want to see what happens next week or the week after whenever Sting decides to show up again. Yeah, there, there were elements of this segment uh, or interview, whichever you want to call it, that I really liked and some things that I thought they could have certainly done a little bit better. Uh, the thing that I like is the fact that there was that the, that the dynamic between Cody and Sting where essentially Cody kind of made it seem like Sting was there for him or, uh, you know, he was coming back uh, to wrestling really to to have some type of interaction with him specifically. It, they kind of hinted that at that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Sting made it very clear that that was not the reason he was coming back. He did make it clear he was going to be signed with AEW for a very long time. Um, and then he looked up at Darby Allen and, you know, we got that obvious tease. The other cool thing that I liked was when Darby was had that segment, the black and white segment where he was essentially in that that psych ward or yep. whatever the setting was. Right. The last picture they showed him was the face paint of Sting. So that was a nice little prelude uh, before this whole segment really kicked into gear. The thing that I didn't like about it was two things, really. One, everybody tuned in to see Sting or a lot of people tuned in to see Sting. And the first thing that he did was essentially kind of have this moment with Tony Schiavone. You want to have the moment, that's fine. But 
really the the first thing the first thing that Sting does in AEW is that I mean I don't know it just kind of fell flat a little bit to me I was I, expecting a little bit more out of it I don't mind it too much because think about it I mean it's the first time he's on TNT in nearly twenty years the first time they're on TV together in nearly twenty years. I, I don't really, I'm not going to be overcritical of that. You know, it's nostalgia. It's, you know, happy days, memories, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to be overcritical of it. Could it be, could have, could have happened without it? Maybe, but it, it, it was a good little moment. Got a little pop from the crowd and, you know, getting Tony Schiavone to say, it's Sting one last time. I wasn't, a, I, I'm not going to be overcritical of it though. No, I, I don't think it's overly critical to point out the fact that that was the literally the first thing that he said and to have an issue with it, you know, and, and I know, I'm sure some people are going to say, oh, you're being negative about it. But you know what? I mean, like I said, first impressions are going to be everything because you have to consider Sting popped a big number last week. Sting was probably a big uh, proponent to the number that we saw and that we just talked about a little while ago. So mm-hmm. uh, you got to think that there's some casual fans, some fans who have never tuned into AEW specifically to see Sting. now. What is it about this segment that is going to carry over into next week and the week following and so on and so forth? That's the biggest thing that I have with this segment. It gave you the nod to the the dynamic that he's going to have with Darby. It lets right. you know that he's right. going to be there, mm-hmm. but it didn't really pull you in and say, you need to watch next week. Like I, I wasn't really left saying, I need to see what Sting is going to do next week and the week after and the week after. That I was disagree. The one thing. I disagree because he didn't necessarily say, is he wrestling Darby? Is he going to manage Darby? Is he going to wrestle Cody? I think there was enough there, a little intrigue to keep you guessing, like, what is he going to do? And for the next week, wrestling fans and those that left after WCW were bought, maybe they go, do we see Sting again? Do we want to see Sting again? Just like we did last week. I, I don't think it wasn't where nothing was come about this segment. I think they did a good job. Keeping you guessing, keeping people talking instead of just saying, I'm staying, I'm wrestling or I'm staying, I'm managing. Because I think that would have been more anticlimactic, in my opinion. No, no, no. I, I, and I, I don't think we necessarily needed confirmation that he's going to manage somebody or he's going to train somebody or he, that he's going to wrestle. I, I don't think we needed that. I just think that there should have been something that, you know, really hooked the viewer so they can say, OK, I, I want to watch next week to see what, what's going to happen. You know, whether that was somebody coming out and confronting him, some type of tension. I mean, him and Cody, they had their little thing, and that was fine, and he gave the nod over to Darby, which, you know, if you're an AW fan and you know who Darby is, that's great. But again, the thing that they're kind of up against here is the fact that uh, you got to think that there's some people who have never watched AEW that are tuning in just to see Sting. So True. Um, I, I think that it was satisfying enough to the AEW loyal fan base. I just am not convinced that that's really did a whole lot for the casual fan or the fan who just tuned in for the first time. That's, that, that's the main thing that I, I'm I think, trying to get at. I think you're being a little too skeptical because the fact that Sting is pointing to Darby, I think maybe gives the casual fan of, Ooh, who's this kid and why is he so familiar to Sting? And that could, you know, have that story told in the weeks to come. Now, the one thing that I will be critical of, of this segment is where it was in the show. Yep. Agreed. This is, 100%. this is, this is the thing you were marketing up. This is the thing you were promoting. Staying talking for the first time in 20 years. And you put yep. it in 20 minutes into the show. It didn't start the show. It wasn't in the 9 o'clock block. And it wasn't in the main event. I yeah, it, That's a head-scratching move, in my opinion. 
I agree with you one hundred percent. And before we before we even went on and started recording right now, I, I said that that was probably a mistake because especially when you consider, like I said, if you got some casuals or first timers that are tuning in just to see Sting, why not have this at the end of the show? You know, why not exactly. have this at the nine o'clock spot when you know that it's the top of the hour? Those are two of the more important spots in the show to have it randomly at 20 minutes into the show. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're somebody that's just tuning in to see Sting, you're gone after 20 minutes. You got what you wanted. You saw Sting. And, you know, once those numbers start to come out, we can look at that and say, okay, well, did did people tune in to see Sting? Did they stop watching? Did they stick, stick around for the main event? Right. My thought would be he probably popped the biggest number because it was high, highly promoted. He's the most prominent name, you know, Sting, even even at age of 61, he's probably the biggest star other than Jericho on the Agree. roster right Agree. now. Um, so did they stick around? And and I don't know. It's just a little a little mind boggling to me why it wasn't put on last or why it wasn't put in a different spot in the show. Just kind of randomly thrown 20 minutes in. Like, yeah, that that's the thing. And if it was where Kenny Omega closed the show, I would have been OK with it. If Shaq closed the show. I would have been okay with it. Even if yep. they went with the ultimatum segment with Jericho, I would have scratched my head, but kind of understood it. MJF versus Orange Cassidy. And I've been one that has defended Orange Cassidy, has said that MJF is a future megastar in this industry. But when you have Sting, for the first time in 20 years speaking, Kenny Omega after winning the AEW championship, and Shaquille O'Neal, Sorry, Orange Cassidy versus MJF for a, a ring that really yeah. is pointless right now. That's not main eventing. I'm sorry. It's not, in my yeah. opinion. No, and and I, I'm right on board with that. I, I and you know, I I'm I've obviously been the more vocal and critical one of Orange Cassidy and not so much his wrestling ability because the match itself to me was fine. Orange Cassidy went out there and had another good match. He did. I've always said that he's more of a divisive. Uh, figure not so much to the AEW diehards that most of them are going to be on his side and they're into him but it's the casuals right. and that's that's why I question you know you have Sting the number he popped last week the fact that he's still a draw at that that at this stage in his career Kenny Omega probably the most talked about storyline right now coming off that the segment where he showed up on Impact a lot mm -hmm. of people were talking about that. Why did that not close? Right. Um, it wasn't like this was a main event where they were fighting for the AEW championship or some other prominent title. Like you said, this is very uh, a ring that essentially doesn't mean much. It hasn't really been defended. It's like a prop that MJF has used to win matches all along the way. So yeah, to me, again, why close with that? Why are you closing with your closing shot? Could have either been Sting face-to-face -face with somebody, Kenny Omega face-to-face -face with somebody, uh, instead it's Miro and Miro. I mean, everybody talks about how underutilized Miro was or Rusev was in WWE. He hasn't done a whole hell of a lot in AEW to this mm -hmm. point. And that's right. your closing segment. Yeah. Just a little strange to me. I mean, I, I thought the show was okay. It had its moments. Um, but the, the placement on a lot of the segments just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I agree, but let's talk about some of the other big segments that I think a lot of people are going to be talking about. Let's start with the AEW champion, Kenny Omega, on Tuesday night, he shows up on Impact Wrestling and gives them record ratings on Access TV, record numbers on Twitch, comes on AEW Dynamite to discuss some big announcement that he kind of teases on Impact. Don Callis prevents him from making such announcement. And there's a couple of people, there's some people on social media that basically said that this entire segment was regurgitated from Impact Wrestling. 
Callus, Callus, I believe, definitely was almost verbatim the exact same promo that we got on Impact. Kenny, on the other hand, I think was two completely different promos. On Impact, he sounded like a blabbering buffoon. He could not get a freaking sentence out without stuttering or figuring out what words to say. He was going on this like Ultimate Warrior tangent about comic books. But yeah. this one on Dynamite, this is the first time since he's been on AEW where I felt like he looked and acted and talked like a main eventer. Yeah, I thought that Kenny definitely came across much stronger than he normally does. He seemed much more comfortable and uh, confident in this role. And I think, so there's some people that can go out there and command the crowd. And, you know, obviously I know there's no crowd, but really command the floor, draw the attention, really be the focal point. And then there's other guys that need somebody else that is the prominent role and they can just feed off of him. Don Callis is great in this role. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, I felt like what he said was essentially regurgitated from Tuesday night. Uh, the end of the promo where they did that bit where Kenny was going to do the goodbye, good night, and all that type of stuff. That was certainly regurgitated too from Tuesday because if you watch the segment, they closed the same way. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and, and going back to what I kind of said about the Sting promo or the the Sting segment, I should say, it was it was good, but does it really give anybody the incentive to watch next week? Yes, we know that somewhere down the line we're going to get some major announcement. But did it give us enough of a tease to say that we want to see it? And and not so, again, not talking so much about the AEW diehards or fans that are going to watch on a weekly basis. You and I are going yeah, to watch. Right. The fans that tune into AEW are going to watch. Yep. Was there enough intrigue that was teased to say that there is truly a master plan behind all of this? Because mm-hmm. I think that's what they're trying to, 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 to lead people to believe. Don Callis has been essentially saying that you know the since since his two stints one the the segment on impact and now this here so did they give you enough to say you know something is going on there is going to be some major reveal at some point i don't know i mean kenny kind of said that he made it seem like he was going to start to talk about it and cal stopped him yeah maybe that's enough incentive for people to tune in um but i don't know just for the for some of the, the casual fans i don't know if it was uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how the ratings look next week. If yeah, if Omega's yeah. promoted and see if he's going to tease this big announcement again. I know over the weekend he is defending the AAA Mega Championship against Laredo Kid. So whether he drops that title or not might factor into this this announcement that he's going to be making. Does he go after? I know we have Moxley going to New Japan. Does he say, "Hey, I'm taking the AEW title like Jericho did"? To New Japan, and that's part of his announcement. Don Callis obviously has his relationship with New Japan as well. Do we see something with Impact Wrestling where he challenges Rich Swan for the Impact Wrestling Championship? There's a lot of there's it could be a lot. As like you said, the AEW fan, I think, is still intrigued. The casual fan, I think we'll still wait and see how the ratings look to see if enough were there. Um, I think really the one thing that I think a lot of people are kind of praising though regardless of if you're a casual fan or a diehard fan is the Shaq segment. I think Shaquille O'Neal for what it was, it was, you know, it might've been no, it was no less than five minutes, but in that five minutes, Shaquille O'Neal sounded pretty good, progressed the storyline and Brandy Rhodes did a hell of a job in her own way where it, it seems like there's something at least where Shaq could be backing Jay Cargill or Cargill or, 
could this lead to Shaq and Cody down the line? Yeah, I got to say, I was actually pleasantly surprised with this. The The segment itself wasn't too long. It didn't overstay its welcome. You know, Brandy Rhodes is kind of hit or miss from time to time. Shaq actually seemed really comfortable, really, really yeah. comfortable in this role. It came across as genuine, not forced, mm-hmm. uh, which you get a lot of times with people who don't necessarily work within the wrestling uh, industry. Sometimes it comes across as, as really forced and not doesn't go over too well. But I thought this was done really well. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say that again. I, I said this before. It's not like I really want to see Shaq wrestle, but right. you know what? For what it was worth, I, I would tune in next week to see what happens. For all we know, this for all we know, Shaquille O'Neal might end up like Pat McAfee and just like yeah, surprise us all and be like, "Wow, this guy can actually wrestle." Yep. But I I thought it did a really good job. Now speaking of Pat McAfee, I do want to segue a little bit to NXT because we did have NXT Takeover War Games. Uh, the ratings. Like I said, got a slight bump, but I'm surprised. I thought their number would have been a lot better considering that is the fallout to war games. An amazing show. I think you could say all five matches were were really good, if not great. I know some people think the psychology of the women's war games match was ass backwards. I disagree because it was meant to build up Raquel Gonzalez and it showed in the main event as well on NXT. And I think they did a really good job with a lot of the fallout of NXT war games here. I would have thought, I understand AEW was going to crush the ratings. I'm not saying that NXT was going to shorten the gap, but I thought NXT would have popped a little bit more than just going from 0.16 to 0.17 and only bringing in a thousand more viewers. Yeah. See, I got to disagree. I really, I really was not all that surprised by the numbers. I really did think that AEW was going to put up some really strong numbers and get close to 1 million views. viewers. I I agree with that. I just think that the numbers would have been a lot better for NXT. I knew AEW was going to do what they were going to do. In fact, I think their numbers could have been a little bit better. And I think that was because of the, the formatting of the, the segments like we talked about, but NXT, like I felt like NXT could have done a little bit better number wise. I think the main reason was the thing they were promoting was who's going to face Finn Balor next. And they opened with it. Yeah. And and despite that, I mean, I still, I still feel like AEW had more buzz, like, like sting. A lot of people were talking about sting. A lot of people were talking about Kenny Omega on impact. And that was a really big storyline. So those two things together, um, you know, on top of the, the inner circle storyline, MJF and um, Orange Cassidy, all those things combined, I mean, really made for the perfect storm that this, I think NXT knew that they were going to get essentially wrecked in the ratings and all yeah, that type of stuff. Perhaps. Um, yeah. I, and, and I feel like still, you know, nobody's saying NXT puts on a bad show on a weekly basis because a lot of times their show is fine. There's no issue with it. It's just the star power, you know, you, Tommaso Ciampa, even a Finn Balor, like, you're not going to be able to compete with a returning Sting making his big announcement on on TNT for the first time in 20 plus years. I mean, it's, it's not just even not with the returning Karrion Cross. No, because Karrion Cross <laughs> to me, Karrion Cross is no Sting. I mean, I looks, know. Yeah, I'm being I, facetious. I, 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 I know, and, and and that's the thing. Like Karrion Cross is a big deal to people that watch NXT. He's a good worker. He's good on the mic. He's got a great look. And if you follow NXT, you know how good he is. But to the casual fan or to the fan that watched during the 90s, Karrion Cross is nothing to them. Sting is. Yeah, exactly. Jericho still is right. or to some people. So mm-hmm. NXT, I mean, star power wise, it's going to be really, really hard for them to compete going forward. It really is, I think. Right. Now, I know in a couple of weeks, 
AEW Dynamite is actually getting preempt because of the NBA. They're actually going to be on like 10 o'clock on the 23rd or whenever mm -hmm. the Celtics and Bucks end their game. NXT has a, a chance to really stack that card and really try to boost their ratings for that one week. Um, I know they're doing New Year's Evil. They're probably going to stack that card, but you have AEW also doing New Year's Smash. So I don't know if that's their version of New Year's Dash, like New Japan Pro Wrestling or not, but it'll be interesting to see if AEW can continue this momentum of their increasing ratings. Because, you know, we were talking about this in April and May, and the numbers that NXT is getting now, those are the numbers AEW was beating NXT with. And now it's like they're nearly tripling them in the 18 to 49. They're beating them by almost 400,000 viewers in total viewership. This thing is starting to get pretty ugly in the Wednesday night wars. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I think that even for, for all of the faults that AEW makes along the way, cause you know, certainly there are times where, whether it's the segments, the placement of the segments, some of the matches, you can question all that type of stuff. It's not going to be for everybody. I just think the star power is there. You know, Sting, exactly. Jericho, some of the storylines are more intriguing. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at that and you have guys like the grizzled, grizzled young, vet, young veterans. Yeah. Good tag team. Nothing wrong with them. Uh, Pete Dunne, nothing wrong with him. Uh, whoever else, Damian Priest, like those, those are all good wrestlers. But... It just it just doesn't have the same appeal. Yeah. At least right now. It's still the and 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 let's not forget, AEW is still to most people, still the fresh product. Yeah. It's, it's still new to a lot of people. So that's what NXT's up against on a weekly basis. And it can be hard for them to compete. Now, after talking about these segments and everything that happened on AEW Dynamite, everything that happened on NXT, the ratings, which show did you think was actually better this week? Um, I, I, th I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to go with dynamite. I, I think NXT was okay. Um, you know, some of the storylines that were going on, I think the main thing that I liked most about NXT was probably Karrion and cross coming back. That was obviously mm -hmm. great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to him and Damian priest. I think that'll be a great feud for him to start uh, out yeah. with Finn Balor saying that he's going to be back. That's obviously good. Um, but just, uh, even though there were certain parts of dynamite that I wasn't necessarily, into or I didn't feel like lived up to expectation. It still had enough for me to say that I was I was into the into the show. Like I said, the main event itself, even though I'm harsh on Orange Cassidy a lot of the times, I, I thought I thought the main event was good. Yeah, I agree. I think NXT had some really good matches in my opinion this week. I think Cameron Grimes versus Tommaso Ciampa was a good match. The main event with Ember and Raquel Gonzalez was very good. The in ring matches for Dynamite. Um. I think we're hit or miss. I, I think the main event was very good with MJF and Orange Cassidy. Mm -hmm. I think the six-man tag, despite Penta getting injured, uh, was good. I was a, a little underwhelmed with the Bucks and Hybrid 2. I think that got a little too spotty and a little too much PWG-esque, and that's not my PWG-esque, and that's not my, my type of match. FTR versus Varsity Blondes was, was a good match. But like you said, I think the star power and progressing things into next week, I think AEW had the slight advantage. Now, can they bounce back from that and double down on that and see what Kenny does next, what Sting does next, what Cody does next? Do we get some kind of follow-up with Shaq? It, that's what's going to 
help them get over this one million and keep them over that one million. I mean, they're getting pretty close to beating Raw's third hour at this point. So who knows what 2021 brings us, but we recently did a conversation on why NXT never beats AEW Dynamite in the ratings. You can click the thumbnail on the screen right now or the link in the description. Don't forget to share us over social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPB Podcast. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.